Welcome to the Fiscal Fitness Podcast, where personal finance is about the person, not the numbers, and budget isn't a four-letter word anymore. Here's your co-host and certified professional financial coach, Jill Emanuel. Hello, 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 everybody. This is Coach Jill with Fiscal Fitness Phoenix. I am so excited to have you all back to the podcast today, and I am thrilled to bring one of my amazing clients on today. So I'm joined here with a guest. I'm going to introduce you to Truman. He is one of my awesome clients who has been killing it over the last couple of months. And so often people ask, what is a financial coach exactly? What is it that you really do with your clients? And it's sometimes hard to say because every client is a little bit different and the things that we focus on are really tailored to what's happening in their specific life to help them get where they want to be financially, but also be using their money intentionally to create the life that they really want to create. And that is really what has happened with Truman over the last few months is that he came in not having a problem whatsoever with income, with money, but just feeling a bit unfocused with what he was really working so hard for in life. And so we've worked together to just really create some focus and some intentionality with what he's doing in his life to make earning money fun and to make it exciting and to be using it the way that he really wants to. So Truman, welcome to the podcast today. I'm super excited to have you with me. Thanks, Jill. I was uh, honored to be invited to the podcast. Yeah, I'm really thrilled to bring you on. We haven't had a guest on for quite some time now. And so we were definitely overdue. And when we started working together, I was just like, wow, this guy is killing it. It's going to be so fun to get to share your story with everyone. So um, I can't wait to kind of let them all in on the inside background scoop of what happens sometimes with clients. And I guess as we get things started, why don't you just introduce yourself a little bit, give us some background about who you are, um, your family, what it is that you do, and what um, brought you to me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's a lot uh, in my life that you know I can intro, but first I'll just say I guess I'm a, a recovering tax accountant. <laughs> uh, hopefully we can go into a little bit what that looks like um, and what that means, but I live with my wife and three little kiddos in the foothills of Lake Tahoe, California. It's a beautiful spot. Um, been married for 11 years. My kids are varied ages. I have a seven-year-old, a four-year-old, and an almost two-year-old. And uh, I, when I find my, my happy place, uh, if I'm not with my family, I'm definitely outdoors, mountain biking, trail running, enjoying the, the features here we have around Lake Tahoe, which make it, you know, uh, a good for someone who loves the outdoors. So that's I mean, that, that's kind of who I am um, in a nutshell, I guess. Awesome. Yeah, we, we totally have that in common. My husband and I just celebrated our 11-year anniversary this year, too, and we've got a 7- and 10-year-old, so similar family lives. Mine probably isn't quite as crazy as yours because I don't have a 2-year-old in the house anymore. Thank the Lord. Um, <laughs> but yeah, tell us a little bit about the recovering accountant part of life because I do think that that's a huge part of what drew you towards um, meeting with me in the first place was because there was a little bit of discontent maybe happening there. So um, tell, tell everyone a bit about your history of like, how did you become an accountant and why do we say that you're a recovering accountant? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, the how I became uh, 
we'll just simplify it and say that that was the easiest thing in my life as far as the path was laid out. My father uh, is an accountant. And so he, growing up, I was like, I'm never going to do that. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to, I'm going to do something cool. And then <laughs> I grew up and I ended up, you know, going to school and one thing led to another. And he was like, Hey, the opportunity is here. Go to school, be a, get your CPA license. And you know, it's all laid out for you. You can come and take over the, the fiefdom, if you will, the kingdom. I was like, okay, let's do it. I, you know, at that point I had, you know, had my first kid and, um, I was ready to kind of go that route. And so I went with the safe path and I did it and, uh, did a lot of tax returns. And it's been, I say, uh, the, the, how we came to meet each other was, I was looking for something more, maybe a service offering that fit my skills and abilities more than just and my, my interests more than just tax accounting. And so uh, I was like, maybe I can, I always love working with people, talking with people. When I found myself in my, in my zone of enjoying what I do every day, it was with, you know, individuals. It wasn't with the tax return software and the papers and the forms and <laughs> that type of thing. Some people really love that. Um, I though saw my life, some discontent happening with that. And so I was like, maybe I could do some type of personal financial coaching. And so I was like, well, I love being fit and fiscal, you know, I, so I Googled those words together and I found fiscal fitness and I'm like, dang it. They got the best, the best name. <laughs> we beat you to the punch. Yeah, totally. I was just like, cause I always like to think like way ahead of like the fun stuff. Like what would I call my business instead of like, should I even want to do that? But I was right. the 10, you know, the 10 steps ahead start and, um, looking through your website, I was like, you know what, if I want to be a personal coach for finance, I probably should get my own, you know, area of excitement and I should see their process and see if that's something that I want to be part of on the other side of the table. And so I signed up for their Eureka call and, uh, in preparation for the Eureka call, I was like, man, I got homework. I got to kind of like know my numbers. I hadn't had to ever know my numbers. Like I've always known financial principles and, you know, the, the overarching structure and framework of being responsible with my, with my finances. But um, like you said, I had the money. I just didn't really care about looking at the details. So that first call was like my first taste of what are your numbers? And I felt like I should figure them out. And so went through that preparation process as kind of painful as it was just because I didn't find a lot of fun in it. I was like, ah, we have to talk about money. Like money doesn't excite me as, as, as silly as that kind of sounds. It just wasn't my thing. And so as far as motivating factor, um, but nonetheless did the homework and we had our call and I realized that I had a lot of issues with not just my money, but why I was doing what I was doing in life and why I wasn't doing what I wasn't doing in my life. And so uh, speaking of non-traditional roles, Jill, you kind of played that role as a third party. It was my first time I had hired a coach because I'm, you know, I'm a DIYer. I'm, you know, I, I run my own business. I can fix things, but um, it was really good to get, uh, a fresh look on my situation and an outside perspective. And so, um, 
that's how we met is uh, yeah. me trying to figure out if I wanted to be, you know, a numbers coach basically. Um, and the first process was I was going to put myself through the yeah. program, through the session, the Eureka session. And from there, lots of things springboarded out of that. <laughs> it was so valuable just because you got to kind of know where you're at. And I didn't really know where I was at. Not really. I, I had a general vague idea. I wasn't in horrible situations at all. I was in a good situation, just not defined. It wasn't, yeah. It wasn't I, I remember very clearly that one of the statements that you made really early on that stuck with me was that you said, money to me is not fun. It really stresses me out. Like thinking about money makes me think of working more. And I don't want to work more because that's not the life I want to create. I want to create more time to be with my family. That's not the exact words, but like the basis of what you were saying. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's right. That is, yeah, totally. That brings me back to a, yeah, like a couple months ago for sure. Yeah. So you, in your mind, had always equated this idea of like, if you had to pay attention to money, think about money, it meant working more, which meant discontent, unsatisfaction with life, not showing up for your family in the way that was the most meaningful and important to you. And so there was a big disconnect, I think, of what you were doing in your business and that you didn't necessarily have that drive or that passion and excitement to grow it because that meant an unhappy life to you. Absolutely. Yeah. It's weird how it was that huge disconnect, but as it, weird as it sounds, just the, the, the talk of like earning more money and growing just was like sickening to me just because it was going to bring me to a place, A, doing something that I didn't have a lot of passion for, but B, um, to a place of, I always thought just more hours. And, and that's yeah. what I saw in my own life with my father. Um, and it was just, he, and he, he's the first one to admit it that he just, being self-employed, sometimes you're your hardest boss and, and he just worked a lot. And yeah. I, I always thought money and work were just completely connected and you could never separate those things. And so, yeah, I, yeah. I think a lot of listeners can definitely relate to that because we do work with a lot of professionals and a lot of business owners and, you know, we're, we're definitely taught in our culture today that you work and you work harder and you earn more money. And then if you want to earn more money, you work harder. And so there's this like burnout that happens for people, right? It's like, as we move up the corporate ladder, people get more stressed, they put in more hours, they're earning more money, but it doesn't mean more happiness necessarily. And the same with business owners, where sometimes we don't know how to step back from what's happening in life. And we just think I need to grind more. I need to put in more time. I need to push myself more. And so we don't actually use our business to complement our life, which is really what business should do, right? That we have the opportunity to craft it, to build our life around the business, which kind of takes us to like what has happened now in the last few months for you um, with a, a lot of transition, a lot of transition. So, <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about it. It's, it's finally starting to slow down a little bit, but yeah, so we probably had the Eureka session and then, geez, I think we probably only had like one other call and it was like nuts and bolts, like brass tacks type of stuff, getting, getting your system implemented as far as like Truman, you got to figure out what you're spending on these areas and how we're going to, you know, give you a purpose, you know, give a name to every dollar, if you will, and just kind of like start outlining that in your life. And I was like, yeah, that feel, it felt good to kind of 
have someone else's eyes on it. Cause you know, as a, as an accountant, as a CPA, I, I do numbers. So my wife was always just like, you do it, but it was nice to, um, to learn kind of what other, I don't know. It was just, it was good to have an outside perspective on it. And then since then, what I learned about myself though, is that I had pushed that off for so long because I had no real accountability because the bank account wasn't holding me accountable because it was always full. Um, I mean, I, I was fiscally responsible, so I had good reserves, but other than that, the progress on getting my head and getting focused around something that I wanted to be intentional about in my life, um, and, and, and having a place that I could accept that money would be involved in some way, shape or form, because that's how the world works. I just wasn't there until I started having these accountability meetings. I learned that myself about myself, that accountability was absolutely going to be the game changer. Um, I love reading books. I love trying to find desires out there. And I always lacked the, the action part though. Cause I, I just didn't feel like I had that momentum to, to move me somewhere else. And so, so yeah, we had that first phone call and then my wife and I have always been toying about moving out of state. Um, California just was a little bit harder to live in every year with my family and growing family. And it was like, do we really want this? And I have clients that move out of different state, move to different States and they loved it. And they, they had this great story. And I was always thinking to myself, they're living the dream. And I'm like, they're not that smart. Like if they can figure it out, why can't I live the dream? Like, why do I have to suffer in my own mind? I mean, why can't I figure this out? Why am I not as happy as, as these other people, these other clients I interact with, why can't I do it? Like, I thought I was pretty, you know, put together. Why can't I have what, you know, that happiness in my work and that, uh, that being okay with, you know, having goals financially. And so I was like, okay, you know, we've been toying about the idea about going to Idaho for the last couple of years. And we said, let's take a vacation just to figure out yes or no. That's all we want to know. So we got the kids loaded up in the minivan. We drove, you know, it's nine hours, 10 hours from here with kids. It's like, feels like 20 hours, but <laughs> Easily, you know, right? we, yeah. So we like got into town and immediately we started just like looking around, looking at the real estate, looking at the options. And it was fun. Cause we just, we didn't have to do anything on the vacation. We just, our kids hated it. They were, they were like, no, why are we going to this random house? But they're not old enough to understand anything like that. <laughs> um, but then we found ourselves at night, just like my wife and I would put the kids down and we would just be online. Just, wow, what, look at all these options. You know, you could upgrade, you get a lot per square foot there in Idaho. And uh, anyways, lots of things transpired as far, as far as we found this great neighborhood location, a house that happened to be for sale by owner, then taken off the market. My wife was like, I'm going to call him anyways. And totally worked out to where we had this opportunity to, to buy a house, but we had to make it work financially because we basically decided we were going to buy a house in like five days. And so, um, but one thing that made a big difference in that process was I had already done kind of the footwork on figuring out exactly what my monthlies were, where it was so ambiguous before. Yeah. But after, you know, after we had talked I knew what I could afford, even worst case scenario, even if I had to have a couple mortgages for a year, I knew that the finances, the resources were there. So I didn't have to waste time or stress or energy on that process because just 
the other parts of the equation took all my time and energy and stress anyways, you know, just trying to figure out if we want to make a move like that. Right. That was really valuable to already have had that, those discussions and put that footwork in. Yeah. Um, and it had kind of given me the confidence, like let's, this is totally possible. And so once we got the green light from each other, basically that's what we wanted to do. We, I, I mean, I remember had the discussion with my wife, we're driving and we, she was like, like, I mean, there was a couple of times we almost texted the guy and been like, you know what? We just, it's just too much. Cause we're both pretty conservative and, you know, conservative people don't do this type of stuff. But I kept on thinking about those clients who have done this and they're living the dream, like that, that term, like living the dream. So I'm like, I, I need to fail a little bit. Like I'm up for a challenge for once and, and off of the easy street. And so I remember just once we decided, okay, this is what we want to do. I turned to my wife, I'm like, do you want me to move mountains to make this happen? Like, do you really want me to go all out on this? And she was like, yeah. I'm like, okay, so here, watch out, here we go, you know? And so um, made it all work financially and we're able to, to close on the house. And uh, from there, at the same time, if that wasn't enough, so we were like, okay, we decided that we weren't going to do it right away though, that we had the funds. If we couldn't find a renter, worst case scenario, because that's how we operate. Like we could still make this work and we knew where we were going to live. It was just perfect. So we took, we seized the moment then. And, uh, you know, we're still, we, we, we want, we knew it, would, we knew it would be about 10 months out. Yeah. Let's pause there for a second. Cause I think that that's like a really good thing for people to kind of get some understanding around how easy it starts to become to make big decisions once you really have a very clear understanding of where you're at right now. Cause yeah. I, this happened with clients time and time again, that they've been hung up about a decision or they've been feeling nervous about moving forward, or they want to change a job or buy an investment property, or like you move to an entirely different state and need to figure out how to do that. And all of these things are oftentimes just this like nagging idea in the back of our head that it's kind of like gnawing at us a little bit and we keep coming back to it and then making excuses of like, well, now it's not the right time or we can't really see how it's going to fit into the, the big picture of things. And, you know, people, sometimes they get really nervous about looking at their money and really getting clear on it. But the thing that I see happen so often is that it gives you power to really make choices that move your life in the direction that you want. And without knowing that, because every aspect of our life is tied to our money in one way or another, right? And if we don't know what's going on there, we feel very stalled and we feel very stuck and uncertain. And I think it just is amazing to see what can really happen when, like you said, you had to look at it for the first time and you really had a very clear picture of where things were. And you knew worst case scenario, we can absorb a second mortgage for a time if we have to, you know, it's not going to destroy anything. It'll, you'll be able to cover the bills. You can make things work for the family. It might not be ideal to carry two mortgages for a long period of time, right? But you could make it work. And so you knowing that allowed you to seize an opportunity when it came, right? Like the Truman's telling you about this house, you guys, like you should have heard him when I talked to him about it. Cause I think I talked to you the day that you found the house or the day after. Oh yeah. We had already had that. Cause that's another thing. Yeah. We had a, our calls scheduled out. And so I'm like here on vacation now has turned into a like major life decision. Right. Coaching like, call. <laughs> yeah. And it was, I'm like, Hey, guess what? 
this is what I'm going to do. And <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Right. So we roll with the punches here, right? So um, <laughs> get on the phone with Truman and I'm like, wait, you're buying a house today. Okay, let's change what we're going to focus this conversation around. But yep. it was great because you could take this opportunity. You found this house for sale by owner, didn't have to pay all the extra realtor fees and all of that. You got to negotiate with him on a cash price for the house. Like amazing things that if you had not known exactly what your numbers were, you wouldn't have been able to really pull the trigger on any of that. And so it just really made it possible for you to say, yes, we can move forward, even though it's scary, right? Like buying a house is a huge transaction for anyone. And it always is a bit anxiety provoking, um, but it made it so you could feel much more confident and know what steps you needed to put into place to actually make this dream become a reality. Yeah. And part of that reality on our coaching call, we shifted from, you know, where are we going to, you know, pay our electricity bill out of to, Hey Truman, here you are you need to, you're going to have these challenges from your parents, from both sides, your wife's and yours. And so let's just talk, let's just play, you know, let's just play that out. And you went through some scenarios and how you would craft the, the pitch, if you will, the explanation to those parties that didn't have a final say, but definitely would make that decision a little bit harder. Um, and so that was, you know, you pivoted well in helping me understand that. And then you, we, we kind of crafted that into a, a document. And then as I drove home, that was part of the, cause I, I had to get them on board. I wanted them to support me in a way that they were excited for me, you know, cause I was leaving my hometown. I was making some big shifts in this business that I had been running, uh, this family business for the last, you know, seven years. And so, um, that was really helpful to have, coaching shift from that to from the finances financial numbers to something that was i don't know softer softer skills if you will of of thinking you know playing devil's advocate with me and figuring that out because we both my wife and i needed to know how to talk to those that were going to ask us and challenge us on this decision yeah exactly that's a huge part of what happens is that you know, oftentimes people are like financial coaching, we're talking money. And it's like, yes, we're talking money, but we're talking about how it impacts your life. And so having tough conversations with people, I mean, holy moly, that's very tied into our finances and our money. It's our choices that we make in life are all tied into that. So we need to be able to think through how to communicate it, that, how to troubleshoot, what sort of things do we need to be aware of and have in the back of our minds so we can handle challenges as they arise. And so, yeah, it was, it was pretty cool that you were able to kind of just get some of the thoughts out of your mind, make them more concrete so that you could feel really grounded in this big decision and be able to communicate that well to your family. Yeah, it was, it was, it helped a ton. Um, yeah. It so was, tell us, yeah. tell us about what happened. So Truman, they go on vacation to Idaho. They've been talking about moving there for a couple of years, find their dream house in the dream neighborhood with the dream school, like checks all the boxes of everything that you've been talking about. In fact, I remember you saying that you had a vision board that you had created and like finding this house pretty much checked off everything on the vision board that you'd made last year. Right. So, you know, we're, we're, we've arrived, you've found it. (laughs) Your utopian is here. And so you find this house, but there's, um, 
you know, you have to think about what's happening back in California. You've got a business there, you've got your house, you've got your kids in school, like how is all that transition going to happen? And so tell us a little bit about what has happened now since, since the purchase of the house, because there's been a lot of moving pieces that have already been put into action. Yeah. So we, um, we had to close on the house as quickly as possible. So, uh, we, we were able to do that in just a couple weeks and uh, then from there, other things had to happen. Like we knew we wanted to find a renter, right? I mean, we, even though we could bear double mortgage financially, we didn't want to. That wasn't ideal. And so that was, we had another coaching call, like, you know, <laughs> with these weekly and then, you know, every other week, like it seemed like there was something that had to be figured out. I mean, I'm in the middle of doing something. It's like, oh, I got this call with Jill. And so I'd say, okay, well, this is what we're going to talk about today. You know, <laughs> please help me, uh, you know, bounce ideas for this. And so I remember we said, okay, well, I mean, I hadn't even closed on the, I haven't even got the keys to the property yet. It was, you know, I was still probably a two weeks out from that, but I had just closed on the property and then he was renting it back from us, basically the previous owner for a couple of weeks. I'm like, okay, I got to get a renter in there. You're like, well, you can start that process now. And so you challenged me to start that process like that night, basically, instead of waiting till we had the property, you know, oh, that's a great idea. Why did not I think about that? So um, we went over some like issues as far as, you know, that process. Uh, I went and bought a book from a resource on landlording that I trusted, read the ebook as quick as possible. And then like the next day or that night, I sat down with my wife on the back porch. And I said, Hey, I need your help with this. Let's form an ad for the property. And we took the pictures and I put her on, on, I tasked her to help with that. And we launched it onto like all these different platforms, basically to find renters and immediately started to have an interest in the property. And one thing led to another and flew out there, helped the guy move out of the house. We got, uh, had some people walk you know, do like a showing like the next day, basically, because I had everything lined up. So it was like, okay, that guy like left. The carpet cleaners came the next morning. People came that evening. The carpet was still wet, like to look at the property. But I was there, you know, for five days, like basically to close the deal on a renter. Ended up not working out while I was there. But then, so I was like, okay, well, plan B, find a property manager. Um, so I kind of had to go, I had found one that I liked and kind of was back and forth with them, drove home to come back to the family. And then I was like, tell my wife, you know, bummer, we'll have to use a property manager to find someone. We'll have to pay him for that process, pay him on a monthly basis, a piece of the rent. So kind of means more for out of pocket for us floating that second house. And uh, she was like, well, I've got a couple that have emailed me even since then. And one of them turned out to be fantastic, passed all the credit checks, just past all our interview questions that we had, you know, we had, we had educated ourselves kind of how to be a landlord, how to look at tenants before we even had the house. And so that two week lead basically based on our conversation led me once again, the preparation meets, you know, the opportunity. Um, so yeah, I basically just got back today from a trip and they basically I gave them the keys and they are moving from out of state and they were thrilled and it fit because they want to rent and then they want to buy. So they didn't need a, you know, long-term rental and we didn't want to give a long-term rental because we want to move in. And 
And uh, so it just all worked out perfectly. So basically from the time we closed the house financially, you know, in less than four weeks, we had uh, a renter in there that met all of my projections as far as financial, you know, outlay goes on our part, what they're, you know, what the rent is actually paying for. And, and now it's just set it and forget it, hopefully for yeah. months until, until we, we make the jump ourselves. But, um, it really, all this happened in like six weeks. I mean, from the time we wanted to buy under two months, for sure. From the time we said we want to live, you know, we want to move to now we have a renter paying that mortgage and basically holding the property for us and taking care of it until we, until we are ready to go and, you know, have that complete, uh, structure set up to make, I'm going to be working virtually. Yeah. Uh, that's a whole different ball game as far as where that is all going too. Right. So just all. So I think, I think one of the things that you've done extremely well, and I want to kind of clarify this so that people can really understand is that, you know, when we work together in the coaching session, yeah, we're, we're getting, trying to be as intentional as we can, trying to brainstorm, come up with action steps for you, put, you know, put things into a plan, but you have to actually take that and do something with it, right? So we met and we talked about, okay, how can you get the ball rolling with finding a renter and what are some different options and who could you reach out to and how could you promote it? But you could have left it right at that. And, you know, sadly, sometimes that is what happens in a coaching situation where we come up with a beautiful plan and we brainstorm all of this idea. And I meet with someone two weeks later and they're like, gosh, I haven't gotten to anything yet. And that's so heartbreaking because I'm like, man, your life could be different, right? If we take action on the plan and you every time have risen to the challenge and, and knocked it out of the park and probably gone above and beyond what we've outlined. Cause we've come up with a plan and then you're able to go home and talk with your wife and you guys like even take this plan and like move it to the next level. Cause you guys have a wonderful partnership and it's amazing to see what can happen when two people are really focused on the same goal together. Um, but I do think that that's, you know, part of the equation, right? It's like, we can, do all of this to create a plan and put action steps into place, but actually taking the action is where the magic lies, right? Yeah. That action though, like, I, you know, the desire plus knowledge plus action, the action though is always pushed down the road. Unless you have someone, unless you have a set appointment, I've learned with myself, like I, I told you, this is what we're going to do. Hold me accountable and I didn't want to be a liar to myself and to someone else. And so that promise and knowing that there was going to be a follow-up makes the action happen. Right. action. I mean, I could have just, you know, piddled around on the internet and, you know, I'll, I'll get to that, but you know, in summer vacation and I want to, I want to go on all these vacations. I run on my mountain bike in Tahoe every, every week. And, you know, I, I have a lot of flexibility in the summer times as a tax accountant, um, but this kept me kind of focused on my priority long-term vision. I had set that vision, but I was short selling it because I never had anyone. I was always just kicking it down the hard things down the road because yeah. no one had ever held me accountable. I never let someone into my life to hold me accountable in that, in that way, like, you know, the, the best way, like my best self, whereas everyone, you know, I, I, everything was going good enough to where no one had to 
you know, right. And be like, what are you doing? Right. Right. By outside appearances, everything that was happening in your life was great. Right. Like you were shriveling up. Right. Great business, good family. And on the inside, you're feeling like this isn't what I wanted for myself. And now two months later, how are you feeling? (laughs) I would say, Man, uh, I'm a child. I was born in the 80s. And so I played a lot of 90s video games on Nintendo, Mario being one of them. I would say the process of leveling up, you know, in Mario, you know, you get the star, you eat the mushroom, you get the raccoon tail, whatever it is, (laughs) makes you like do something special and be like better than you were previously. And I feel like I've leveled up. The structure has lived like... And I've learned the power of coaching. I never trusted that process enough to put significant financial means down, but I learned that's also another thing I learned about myself is when I put skin in the game, I have to put skin in the game. Otherwise I find excuses to to do next week or next month. It's crazy how fast months go and two months and three months and all of a sudden tax season's here again. And I haven't done anything. And so my wife, this, after this last tax season, my wife said, Truman, I want you to be happy. Do what you need to do. This is the summer to make the changes we want to make. And so that vision board was actually done in May. And okay. uh, I had told someone um, in this community of accountants, kind of forward-thinking accountants, uh, the facilitator was like, hey, Truman, you mentioned a vision board. How about, it was like Wednesday or Tuesday. They're like, how about on Friday you send me what that looks like? I'm like, well, I, that means I got to do it. Like I've always, I've read a lot of books about it and, oh man, like maybe I need to learn more about it before I do it. That's kind of one of my problems is I, I feel like I need to know everything about something before I make any step towards it. But, um, so I, uh, by Friday I met my first deadline and that just kind of catapulted this like momentum. And then just one thing led to another You're coaching. And then I also on the, I, I realized the power of accountability and so I brought in an actual business coach um, who helped me kind of identify my why and how I could feather into something that matched my skills and unique ability more than just tax services. And so currently that's what I've been doing also. So while all this other stuff, my dream board was happening, a huge part of that was what I did every day for, for work. And um, so I've been since basically June, end of June, middle of June, been working with a coach to help me identify those things that would lead to, you know, a more satisfying daily work, basically. And a lot of that's going to be virtual based. And so when this opportunity with Idaho came up, I'm like, well, I, I'm already headed virtual anyways. And so that's one more thing that kind of fell into place. And where I stand now is I'm, I, you know, working with the coach to, to hone that in and, and to launch that new service, you know, and attract clients and all that. And so there's just so many elements of that dream board there. And they always say, make the dream board and it will happen. Yeah. That's a bunch of malarkey. Right. It's it's event. Of- it says, says only the people that it worked for, you know, or whatever. <laughs> Um, but right. I, I, I honestly believe the power of the brain to work and put puzzles together 
in the background is amazing and we create the problem and then our brain goes to work to try to fix it even when we're sleeping even when we're riding our bike and unrelated activities things come into my mind and um yeah and you have to then have the courage to follow those but they all kind of piece together in a way that you know you gotta you gotta level up and you gotta get help and you gotta you know put your money where your where your desires are and it's been nothing but amazing. I mean, um, learning so much about myself and about how I, what it takes for me as a person to level up and it's yeah. just satisfying and so exciting. And, and, you know, I, it's just beyond words as far as how I, I tell my wife all the time, I'm so excited and she's excited. Cause she's like, I'm so glad you're excited about something again, you know? Yeah, you definitely were not excited the first time that I met you. You were very <laughs> stuck. You were very yes. stuck. stuck. So it's sure. very different, the energy that's behind what you're doing now. And you have focus and drive and passion about where your business is headed, where your life is headed. And just like with the vision board, you know, putting something out into the physical universe, right? We're taking this idea from our brain. We're making it something we can actually see it makes it become more real. And that's what happens with our money too. I think is, you know, when I work with people kind of like you said at the beginning, money was fine, but it was all a bit arbitrary and a little bit gray and hazy because it was just this idea of what was happening with your money. And when we can make it very clear, it makes everything more real too. So just like with the vision board, we can use that knowledge of what's happening financially to make the things on your vision board a reality because we know how to financially get there and make it happen. So it's really cool how it's kind of all come together for you. Those different puzzle pieces have all perfectly connected and you know, you having the accountability, you having the vision, you taking the action on all of the plans, it has propelled your life forward in a way that many people take years to do. And you've done it in just a matter of months. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's been a ride for sure. But back to the first call we had, you also helped me not just gain clarity on numbers, but as a coach, you're able to kind of separate money and passion like you kind of said hey like there's money and then there's like what you like to do and what you want to do and you helped me see that they they weren't always just like so connected that I had to have one without the other and it just it was kind of like financial therapy in a way (laughs) (laughs) to have to have that perspective was very valuable for me and then I even remember challenging on part and saying well what about this and and you were able to kind of off the cuff just give me your why statement and Hey, well, Truman, why don't you think about going about chasing your why in this way? And so it wasn't even a, you know, wouldn't it be something that's on your normal website if this is what we do as a financial coach, but, but you, you were able to help me understand that part of it. And then just the service of accountability was just absolutely game changer for me. And it is continuing to be game changer. And I, I foresee that not changing, you know, in the future, just because I've seen so much, rapid improvement i think coaching a lot of times is a luxury in a way but uh because you can you know you can read a thousand books out there but that accountability there's no other way you can't hold yourself accountable like someone else can there's just there's just no way to do it and a book can't challenge us right so we can learn and we can absorb information but 
the benefit of coaching, I think, is being able to dialogue about it and being able to be challenged and being kind of encouraged, I'm going to say encouraged, to look at things from a different perspective or from a different viewpoint that we might not have seen on our own without someone else pointing it out to us. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, it is amazing. I see it time and time again, the rapid results that people have when they do, you know, like you said, have some skin in the game for one thing. So I know, you know, when we talk about financial coaching and if people are challenged by what's happening in their financial world, it can be hard, really hard to make a financial investment in something. And yet I see when people do it, they hold themselves more accountable. They know I'm holding them accountable and they make rapid results, right? Because they know they have to show up for themselves and for me. <laughs> so yeah. it's, it's pretty cool. And sometimes it just takes that, that, that third party to like hit the lever, hit the switch. I mean, I think of myself and my situation, it was almost like I was on a hill and there is this, you know, board holding back all these boulders. And those boulders were like all these books I've read about goals and accountability, everything that was just knowledge-based. So it was just like on top of this mountain and you were the one to kind of finally, you know, unjam that lever to the, so now all the boulders are like falling down the mountain, you know, just like momentum. It's like an avalanche, like everything was there, but it was just kind of cued and ready. And then but I couldn't do that myself, whatever reason. I, I mean, like I said at the beginning, I feel like I'm a pretty competent guy. I mean, I, 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 I do things that are hard, but I can't, I couldn't do that. It's just not something that is always possible alone. And that's, that's just kind of putting your ego aside and saying, I need some help. And it's amazing being honest with yourself. Um, what it does, if you're really, really honest with yourself and ready to do some work, I mean, yeah. Part of being honest is saying, I'm going to do whatever it takes, you know? Uh, and once you find what inspires you, that's the easier part in a way. Like, then it's fun. You wake up every morning and your to-do list is larger than it was before. Like, yeah. what am I doing? This is a harder day. But I don't know. It's harder, does, harder isn't what determines happiness levels in my life. That's what I've seen. Yeah. Oh, awesome. I like, I have chills from that because that's so exciting to think about that floodgate being opened for you now and all of that knowledge, all of the things that you've researched and absorbed over the years, you can now put into action and you're just really seeing it play out in your life in a really exciting, powerful way right now. And I do think it's just going to continue to grow. I can see the momentum building. Um, I'm excited for what's happening with your business and how it's evolving to be more than just accounting, which wasn't the thing that got you super fired up and excited before. Um, so what, <laughs> what like words of wisdom can you give to anyone who maybe is feeling stuck like you were or is wanting to create something new in their life. I know you've dropped all sorts of nuggets along the way. Um, I don't know what, what insights might you have to help them or to. Yeah, man. It's hard to st still encapsulate everything that's happened and just how I've journeyed in the last two months. But like I said, just being really honest with yourself and saying, I don't know everything and I need help. That was like kind of the first step. I think that's the first step to a lot of things in life um, where you want an actual change to occur. And so for me, that was a big part of it. And then signing up with someone that's... So part of the reason I think I, I didn't want to do accountability 
is because I didn't want to fail. I was, I was so afraid of failure. I didn't want to sign up for something that I potentially might not be able that I might not do that. I might just say no or, or procrastinate even more. And so, um, I, I recently heard a quote and it was like, do you want to know the formula for success? Double the rate of failure. And I, I got to a point in my life where I was ready to fail. Like I'd heard so many quotes about it, but I was so safe and conservative that I never really was progressing because I wasn't taking any chances in my life. And I wasn't following what I really want to do because I was afraid of failure. I was afraid of just making a mistake or not meeting expectations of someone in my life. And so that has made all the difference. And I haven't, I haven't had a lot of failures since I started Um, but at least I put myself up to fail. Right. Right. That was the difference. Like I, I, and I, I'm waiting for those failures and I'm trying to train my brain to realize that those are just part, like those have to come. And if they're not coming, then maybe I need to push myself even more. Um, but to date, nothing has happened in two months, but I sure has with that mindset of it's okay. Yeah. I've taken a whole different trajectory as far as those decisions are not coming from, they're coming from a place of like growth mindset versus just conservative, like stay safe, keep what you got, keep what you got. I always thought I had a mind of abundancy, but I kind of did not. I kind of was just like scarcity as far as what I was protecting in the way that I was protecting. I'm not saying go be flippant and go be crazy, but I think everyone has a different level of where that is for them. And I just encourage them to go and find that level and, and push a little bit and get people involved that uh, can, can be honest and help you find that brutally honest spot, you know, that soft spot that you probably protected pretty good for the last little while in your life. And to start, to start opening that up and letting, letting people help you in that process. Oh, yes. I think that's such a great insight. Thank you so much for sharing that. Cause I do think that I've seen even for myself over the years, as I've continued to challenge myself and work through personal growth, that when I start feeling nervous or scared, I've really learned to kind of dance with that emotion and know that that's excitement and that's the feeling of growth. And if I don't feel scared or I don't feel nervous, it probably means I'm not doing anything that's going to move me to a new level. And so it's good to start to seek those moments out and to know that those are just going to make us become better and grow and get new things in our life that we might not even know what they are yet. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Which has definitely happened for you too. This, you know, is a lot of new, exciting things into life that we're not seeing a few months ago. So yeah. Surrounding yourself with people that are, uh, that, that, are growth minded, not, not growth. Like I want to, you know, build the next Starbucks type of company. You know, I'm not talking about that, but just people who are okay with being positive and not negative. It's funny. I was in, I was walking on the street yesterday and I saw one of those newspaper pullout things that I guess people still use. <laughs> and, um, I was waiting across the crosswalk and I was reading one of the headlines and, and it said low, uh, very low snowfall, predicted for 2050 and i'm like 2050 who cares that's 30 years from now are you going to be alive in 30 years but yet that's going to cause stress for someone like yeah. oh gosh we're going to have low snow like 
really low snowfall in 2050. And I just thought, that's the news, right? That's a lot of what's out there is negative. Why would you occupy your mind, your limited resource with that type of stuff? And so unfortunately in our society, a lot of stuff is that way. And so you just need to kind of, you know, really try to change the way, either the way you're getting fed that information, um, the way you look at the world and, and just look at everything around you is it can't be with that frame set. Otherwise you are going to not want to, you know, take any type of movement outside of your comfort zone. And then it's just, I'm just realizing as I'm, I see it more and more now. Um, I mean, I've had a policy for a long time, not to watch the news just cause I've seen what that does. I've been a news junkie before, you know, and I know people who are, and it's just not really, what does it do for you? Like <laughs> knowing all those different things that you watch in the news, what it, Come on, just yeah. It lets you worry. It's really important. You don't hear about it from someone else. Someone will tell you. Yeah. Go and you know take your time and spend it there. Like spend it somewhere good. Spend it somewhere yeah. positive and and with positive people. We only have so much mental energy, right? So we got to protect what comes into our minds and use it to move ourselves forward and do great things in life. So I'm so grateful that you showed up today, that you were able to share some of your story. I think it's going to be really inspiring to a lot of other people who probably have felt a lot of the same things, that they want to be living the dream, that they're feeling a little bit stuck, that they're not quite sure how to use all of that knowledge that they've been acquiring for years and um, what you've done just inspires me. I'm really excited to see every time, you know, when we get together, what the new things are on. on I hope we can keep this pace up forever, but I'm definitely headed in the right trajectory, but the angle might level out a little bit because man, it's been sprinting. I mean, I think I need a little bit of a jog period, but yeah. It's been nonstop. It has. So hopefully things calm down just a little bit, but yeah, we want to keep, keep that level up your star power going. Right. So yeah. I can hear the music in my mind of Mario Brothers for sure. Exactly. So, all right. Well, I'm going to wrap things up with you today. Thank you so much again for coming on as a guest. I would love to hear everyone's comments and thoughts as you're listening to this podcast. If anything that Truman said inspired you or is moving you into action, or what is the next thing that you want to do in your life to get really intentional and focused, we would love it if you would share with us. And thanks again for tuning in to this week's podcast. Bye-bye. If you would like more information about how we can help you take the stress out of money with one-on-one financial coaching, please check out our website, www.fiscalfitnessphx.com. And please join our private Facebook group by going to facebook.com slash groups slash fiscal fitness money. And if you have a passion for personal finance and are interested in helping others take the stress out of money by becoming a financial coach, Check out our Financial Coach training program at www.financialcoachacademy.com and join our free Facebook group by searching Facebook for Financial Coaches Unite. We'll see you on the next episode of the Fiscal Fitness Podcast, where we'll help the world take the stress out of money.